You are listening to Holy Words from Holy Cross, the sermon podcast of Holy Cross Evangelical Lutheran Church in Nazareth, Pennsylvania. We hope you find these words a blessing in your daily walk with God. Please visit us on the web at www.holycrossnazareth.org or in person at 696 Johnson Road, Nazareth, Pennsylvania. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart. Don't be all else to me, save that thou art. ask you to join me for a word of prayer. Blessed Lord God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, in this season of repentance and preparation, we come before you to receive the riches that only you can give. With a humble spirit, we ask you to enlighten us by your word. Bring us not only to a right understanding of us, but help us, Lord, to live in accordance with it. Grant us that will, that courage, and that power. And this we pray in the precious name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. In our first reading for today, which really would require like a four-week Bible study to get into it deeply, There's a couple of things that blow by so quickly. They're on our lips so commonly as Christians that we're probably not as affronted by them or brought up as short by them as we should be. This was up in front of you a few minutes ago. These words in particular will jump out at you if you've ever been involved in interreligious dialogue or dialogue with people who have no faith at all. We love because he first loved us. If you've ever been involved in those kind of dialogues, you're certainly aware that there are lots of people who know how to love outside the Christian church. Sometimes they excel us in loving in a purely human way. So what does St. John mean when he writes these words? Because surely he was as involved in those kind of dialogues as we were. He was, after all, an evangelist. He was used to interacting with people who didn't share his faith. So what could he mean by this? Because here's the reality. In this day and age, Christians are criticized primarily for not being loving. No less a theological authority than Lady Gaga has recently criticized Christians for not knowing how to be Christian. I mean, she's rich, she sings well, she must be an authority, right? It's difficult to know what love means. And certainly love in the perspective that St. John is using it in his letter. Christians, in fact, have reached a stage at this point in history where we have so little understanding of our own scriptures and of ourselves, we're not even sure what he means. And we often take the world's criticisms to heart instead of going to the scriptures and allowing our minds to be transformed and renewed that we might not be conformed to this world. 
So we're going to spend a little time focusing on what St. John means by love. Because here's the truth of it. We fallen human beings do not know how to love. Our lives do not reflect true love, true biblical style love, the kind of love that God needed to teach us by loving us first. How many marriages end in this world because one spouse falls out of love with another or falls in love with someone who's not their spouse? How many people don't make time to go visit their aging parents? Oh, that got loud. Maybe that's because that was my own sin. (laughs) Don't make enough time to visit their aging parents because they're too busy, not with the things they have to do, but with simply the things they want to do. How many children with enough food and shelter and clean clothing and even snuggles from their parents can't get their parents' attention or their eyes because their parents are buried in a device they can't seem to look away from? How many of us can sympathize completely with that other great theologian of popular culture, Linus, when he says, I love mankind. It's people I can't stand. (laughs) We really, really don't know how to love. Another thing that should jump out of us from this passage we saw a minute ago or heard a minute ago are these words because it's the first thing we teach our children when they're young. God is love. We say it when children are so young they really can't understand maybe anything else about God. But when you lay that up against what St. John is saying in this passage about we love because he first loved us, here's what St. John is not saying. He's not saying, think about your own experiences of love, and then you'll have some sense of what God is. In fact, that's the exact opposite of what he's saying. Our experiences of love are nothing at all like what God is. They fall far, far too short. Because the reality of when we say God is love, what St. John is pointing to is the cross of Jesus Christ. Wherein God showed us the true nature of love by giving Himself that we might have eternal life. Real love is costly. And you may not even be appreciated for it. The love that God gives us at the cross shows us the true nature of love. In fact, it casts a light on all our dim world. the pale imitations of love that we experience here, particularly the one that is our, our culture's favorite at the moment, affirmation, is one of the smallest pieces of love. To be honest, affirmation costs the giver nothing and it bestows very little lasting benefit on the receiver. Certainly, 
We are affirmed. Our eternal value is affirmed by God at the cross, but it is by the cross that our eternal value is affirmed. God, in giving Himself through His only Son, that we might have life eternal, holds up our value to God through His sacrifice. We learn the nature of love by looking at the cross. When his own daughter Magdala died of typhus, Luther would say to people, when your prayer life feels dry, when you can't reach out and feel the love of God, when you wonder if God loves you, look at the cross and there you will know how much God loves you. Not by your feelings, but by God's actions. In fact, when we look at the whole of what Scripture teaches about love, it teaches us this, that love, in fact, isn't any kind of feeling. Love is doing all that we can do for the true and lasting good of another. Even when, like Christ... We are despised and rejected for it. Acquainted with grief. This is what it means to love someone. Whether they appreciate it or not. It's no coincidence at all that in today's Gospel reading, when St. Peter answers Jesus' question, do you love me, with, in the affirmative, that Jesus immediately gives him something to do. Feed my lambs, tend my flock, and keep doing it right up to and including the moment they're going to put you on a cross for doing it. If you don't know this, St. Peter was crucified upside down. That's why this picture... <laughs> Real love involves action. That's why it can be commanded. God doesn't command us to feel a certain way. When St. John says, Beloved, let us love one another, he's enjoining them to activity, not to warm and fuzzy feelings. Our fall in that great story we started this sermon series with from Genesis, our fall is not merely into persistent disobedience, it is into a persistent lack of love for one another. And this is part of what God has called us to be cured of through the Gospel. We're cured by imitating our Father in Heaven the same way that a child imitates a parent, maybe not even knowing what it is they're doing. We look at what God has done for us, first and foremost through the cross, and we imitate Him. Our gestures will not have such power or scope as His, but they ought to be offered with the same intensity and consistency of purpose. We are called to love one another. And this is the final way that God breaks our isolation by teaching us how to love. He does that here 
in the life of the church, where we remember that we love because He first loved us. Where we hear again and again the stories of how when we hide, God seeks us. Where we hear about God and we experience God's Word breaking through our narcissistic little perspectives and pulling us out of ourselves and toward Him. We're at His table of grace. We're fed with manna from heaven. Where we receive the forgiveness of sins. Where we're sustained in faith for our earthly pilgrimage. And He gives us to one another to practice on until we learn to truly love. Did you notice that ending of that letter to Colossians? All the details St. Paul could go into about everybody? By the end, I'm going, who are these people? Why do I need to know all these details about their lives? Because that's what love is. It's getting into the detail of people's lives as you're going to hear in our offering of a thought where you're going to, the wider congregation is going to begin to be introduced to what our prayer groups this Lent are experiencing in person. The process whereby they're learning to speak into one another's lives and carry one another's burdens in love. It's the details of life. It's in the details of life that we get to learn to really love one another. And the church, for all her flaws, and they are many, because it's, we're filled with sinners and that's the way we're supposed to be. The church is the one place, the one institution in all the world, divine and human, because it is truly the body of Christ that alone presents to us again and again Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Which is where we learn that God is love. We are forgiven here not only of our sins, but we're transformed that we might grow more and more into his likeness. And a pastor of my acquaintance shared with me a story about that. It was a young couple that he married, and he said it was one of the, one of like the most fun weddings he'd ever been part of. There was no drama behind the scenes and the couple were so in love. They were young and they were handsome and they had their whole lives ahead of them and they were both doing well in their careers and just the world was their oyster and it was a day of joy. And five months later, tragedy struck when in something he'd never seen in all his ministry, at 28 years old, the young lady had a stroke. It was a severe stroke, completely immobilizing one side of her body. As he visited with her in the ICU when she awoke from her coma, she was in tears. Not only for what she'd lost, but for what she was afraid she was yet to lose. Because she knew all the wonderful things she brought to her marriage. She'd heard her husband's compliments over and over again about how beautiful she was. And she wondered, as such a young couple, how, why would he stay with her now? The pastor prayed with her and tried to reassure her and calm her down. And finally, when she was ready, he said to her, Can I go get John? He's out in the waiting room. She tried to dry her tears with her one good hand as the pastor went out to get John, her husband. And as 
He brought John into the room. She tried to smile, but of course, only one half of her face worked. <laughs> so as one half of her face went up and one half went down, John looked at her lying in that bed, and he did his best to screw his own face up to look just like hers, and leaned over and kissed her, and said, look, we still fit perfectly. pastor looked away, he said, because so rarely in this life have I ever seen true love like that. We are called to learn how to love at great cost to ourself. Even those who will not love us in return. For in doing so, we glorify the Christ who loved us in this way. And we learn how to love as God loves. Will you join me for a word of prayer? In so many ways, O oh Lord, you have broken through our isolation, taking the initiative when we would not return to you. And in your greatest act, you teach us how to be like you, more and more returning to the image in which we were originally made and from which we fell away. Bless us, Lord, with true love for one another. Help us to keep the cross of Christ before us that we might know the nature of true love. That living in that way more and more every day, we might glorify you and be a true blessing to those around us, whether they love us in return or not. This we ask in your precious and holy name. Amen. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart, not be all else to me, save that thou art. Be thou my best art in the day and the night. Waking or sleeping, thy presence my life.